Logical Progression, Year 3, Chapter 10, Lesson 1. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa la aqibatu lil-muttaqin, wa la idwana illa ala al-zalimin, wa salamatullahi wa salamahu ala ashraf l-anbiya'i wa al-mursaleen, Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla, wa anta tajlu al-hazna idha shi'a sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna'i ibadisik. Ya Rabbil Kareem, as-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa rahmatullahi so today, alhamdulillah, is the beginning of a new chapter. It's a major chapter. It's the chapter of Tayammum. And we've finished uh, the chapter of Wudu. And we've chapter, finished the chapter of Al-Ghusl. And that's the two major achievements of the third year of our study. Um, maybe this week, maybe next week, I want to send out a, uh, a kind of like a uh, survey uh, online. Uh, by email, I mean. Um, but I would like for today there to be an unofficial one in the class and then online as well whoever is on the portal at the moment listening will have a vote on this I've been considering what I was saying to you about having a day study of uh, a chapter and when I say a chapter I mean specifically chapter of menstruation because it's a massive chapter and it's the chapter which is basically in between us and Salah. And I get this idea that, you know, three years on purification is yani kafi. Okay, it's enough. And it'd be great basically to start year four, uh, study year four, academic year four, with the chapter of prayer. I think that'd be awesome. The only way that's going to happen is, uh, A, we're going to be really efficient with Izal uh, Nijasa and Atiyamun. So the two chapters which are left, which is this, the chapter of dry ablution, and then the chapter of removing filth, which shouldn't be too difficult because we spend a lot of time on filth. And so uh, that should be not too difficult. I have a feeling that we can uh, try and do that, inshallah, before Ramadan starts. It's going to be tight, going to be tight, but, um, and we might fail and then have to you know, do this plan. But I'm thinking that Kitab al-Hayyad, which is a huge chapter, and I mean 100 pages at least, yeah? Uh, actually way, well, well over that with that I work on it over a couple of weeks also, almost make it into like a course right and I cut it down cut it down to like the key things that will be covered in a day and then teach it but sticking to our principle sticking to the logical progression principle as opposed to just teaching the actual chapter so that's my suggestion yeah it would happen during our holidays it would happen during a day like a Sunday or a Saturday so people can attend it uh, for the full day. Obviously, it's going to be a mind-numbing day, but we'll do our best to make sure it's not so mind-numbing. And obviously, it will be on video so people can watch it for a period of time and so on. Um, so there will be, obviously, uh, doing that is going against our principles and uh, our, our code or whatever it is. Yeah, the code of honor and the code of, you know... But uh, uh, so that's why I'm not sure. In fact, I took some advice from the you know people who are in the know, and some of them said no, you shouldn't do that because that's just going into other people's brands as opposed to the brand of LP, which is his own very specific identity, not caring at all about time. Going to make sure that we do the text, you know, page by page by page. And I respected the argument and it put doubt in my mind, and that's why 
uh, I was really w- willing to push it forward. Um, but now I'm starting to think maybe, you know, some people are going to say that. They say, no, we don't care if we spend another year on uh, purification. It really genuinely could end up being another year uh, going uh, through menstruation. Uh, so I don't know. So I, let's have a uh, think about that for the rest of the class. At the end, I'll remind you, have a quick hand vote. And then we will have a quick vote online of the people who are watching. And then we'll send out some kind of form on an email with this typed up. And the PG team will type it up as an email and put it forward. But just let that, uh, you know, see what you think about that. You know, one, one, criticism, one criticism was that, you know, you will literally kill that, those people on that day. They will like die doing hayd all day. And not even hayd in a modern kind of a Maghrib fashion which is alive and... Yani, you know, a bit of this and that. I'm talking hayab in this kind of fashion. You know, I'd, ha- I'd have to stand up. That's the first thing. I'd have to run around, I'd have to do some jumping, I'd have to do some, yani, you know, massaging and some sweet chucking and whatever. That would be, yani, lazy. Yeah? Anyway, so it's Baba Tayyamun. Okay, new chapter. So let's have a read of the chapter itself. Baba Tayyamun, Bismillah ar-Rahim, Baba Tayyamun. Al-Mu'allif, he said... Uh, the chapter of dry ablution. that is the opening paragraph or the key paragraph of the chapter of dry ablution. Tayammum is legislated as a replacement for purification by water. So it's replacing purification by water on the following conditions and the following times. When? Number one, the time for something obligatory has entered. Number two, something supererogatory, meaning mustahab, uh, recommended has becomes permitted yeah non-obligatory nafil nafil yeah that's the exact kind of uh, uh, right phrase uh supererogatory uh becomes permitted number three when there is no water number four if the price of water has significantly increased number five if one cannot afford water number six if one fears by using it or searching for it meaning water that there will happen A, harm to himself, B, harm to his companions, C, harm to those in his care, or D, harm to his wealth. All that harm can be by thirst or by sickness or some other form of destruction, etc., etc. So that's our opening uh, paragraph of the Mu'allif, the author, Imam Al-Hajjami, alayhi rahmatullah. Let's start from the very, very beginning, at tayammum the word, the kalima at-tayammum in Arabic means something which is intended, al-qasd. Okay, it means to intend something, the objective, when you objectify something. It's something you seek and something you ascertain, right? You want to actually get there. So that's its linguistic meaning, okay? But it's istilahi meaning, it's technical meaning in a sharia That's why Imam Sheikh al-Uthameen, alayhi rahmatullah, on page 373, he says, it is التعبد لله تعالى بقصد الصعيد الطيب لمسح الوجه واليدين به Sheikh Uthameen, I want to say to you, I, in my opinion, I mean, we read a lot, we study a lot, I've had many teachers. Uh, I have to say, he is 
If not the best, then certainly one of the best at defining things. Okay? Definition, by the way, is an art. It's a really difficult skill. To define something as a, you know, if you're chatting to your, your kid, you can say whatever you want to define something. You use fantasy language and you, you make things very, very simple. Yeah? Which reminds me, I forgot to explain to them what an x-ray is. How would you explain an x-ray to a kid? So if they see, because they saw you doing the x-ray, mm-hmm. and they said, why are we walking out the room? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, you know what? Ask me that in a car. I need about at least an hour to try and explain what it is that's flo- floating through the skin and radioactivity. I was trying to work out how would I break down radioactivity into a definition. I said, that's when I to think. And then when Iman kept bugging me, bugging me, I said, well, it's these little kind of things, basically, that are kind of poisonous, but they are able to show you you know, solid things that you can't see with your eyes. Some of course like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the definition that you do obviously differs from time to time, place to place, when you're defining for a child, defining for an adult and so on. And also the problem is, is that the one who's defining also changes. So when, when a lay person is defining, he doesn't need to worry about the technicalities. When an academic is defining, he has to respect his field. When a scholar is defining... He has to put out a definition which he knows is going to be read and studied and memorized. And it has to be utterly comprehensive. It has to cover every single possible scenario within just like, you know, very few words. Right. So it's a very difficult skill. And I just like in my personal experience from reading definitions, Sheikh Uthaymeen is very short, succinct and comprehensive. So he said that tayammum. Again in Arabic, It is the worship of Allah Most High by the seeking of clean earth or, or pure earth by wiping one's face and two hands thereby. By wiping one's face and two hands thereby or with it. Okay, thereby with it, however you want to define that, yeah? So the worship of Allah the Most High by the seeking or by the using of uh, like clean earth, pure earth, good earth, okay? By wiping one's face, wiping one's face and two hands, thereby, okay? So that's the actual act. And, you know, I'll just... You know, I'll cover the, the chapter in one second. It's simply, you got no water, got to make wudu. So you strike the earth and so you now have dirt on your hands and you will now wipe your hands. That's the two hands there, up to there, and you'll wipe your face. And we will talk about this in detail later on and what the madahib say about wiping arms and X and Y and when and what type is earth, whatever. But that's what, that's what Tiyamum is. Um, but there's more to it, of course, than that. There are some, a lot of technical facts that we need to know. First of all, tayammum is from the specific blessings of this ummah. It's very interesting. It was not something that the Jews or the Christians or any of the previous nations had been given. And this is because of the hadith which has been narrated by Jabir ibn Abdullah radiallahu ta'ala anhu that he said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, I was given five things that no prophet from the prophets has been given before me. I have been given five things. That no prophet, min anbiya qabli, from the prophets who came before me, have been given. Number one, Let someone else translate that one, Yani, for a more politically correct time. 
<laughs> yani, number one, I have been helped with a sense of awe, okay? <laughs> so the definition that is, uh, yani, uh, I was given. I will, I will, I'll define this after Isha. Yes. <laughs> when the camera is not rolling, this hadith, of course, is in Bukhari and Muslim. It's one of the most famous hadith. Okay. He said the first one is that I have been aided by being able to terrify my enemies a month in advance. They will hear about it. They will hear about my coming, the army, the coming of my army in a state of war, of course, we're talking about. And they will say, oh my goodness, they're coming. And it will be a month away and they'll be terrified. A rurb. Okay. Um, and number two, the earth was made for me a place of prostration. The word masjid is being used in its linguistic sense here. It doesn't mean mosque. Yeah, it means masjid, means a place that a person can prostrate. وَطَهُورًا Okay, not pure, but what? Purifying, yes? Remember that's fatha, we covered this a lot. Remember we said wudu and wadu, yes? So when we go to make wudu, we go making wudu, the action. But we make wudu with the wadu. The water which we make wudu is called a wadu. And the tuhur, which is purification, the tahur is that which is used. Okay? So the earth was made for me uh, purifying. Um, uh, so at then Prophet ﷺ continued the hadith. I'll just continue the hadith, although Allah Sheikh Uthameen stops there. He goes, therefore, any one of my followers can pray whenever... Uh, whenever the time of a prayer is due. So it doesn't matter where they are, they can pray anywhere. That's the second point. We can finish off the third and fourth and fifth. Okay, number number three. Good. That the booty has been made lawful for me. Walakin. Good. But it was not allowed for anyone before us. Booty is the spoils of war. So that which can be gained from a war. This was not something which was made permissible for the earlier nations, but it was given to the Prophet ﷺ, who has number four. Yes. Not in this hadith, no, not in this, not in the main five, no. Very good, very good. That is the final one. The fifth one is that he said that every Prophet was sent to his people except myself. And I was sent to the entire world. Okay? Al-Alameen. I was sent to the entire mankind. Number four, anyone? The one that's been missed out? Intercession. Good. Well done. Intercession. I have been given a shafa'ah. The key intercession. Okay? On the day of Qiyamah. So this is the... Uh, these are the five things in this very famous hadith. The one that concerns us... Is that he said, وسلم, that the earth itself has been made for me pure. Okay, so that's a good start. Um, so therefore, so therefore, in the previous nations, uh, the Umm, if they didn't find any water, they would actually remain um, upon their state um, until they were able to actually find water. 
right? And this, of course, was a great difficulty, a mashaqqa upon them, a great difficulty upon them. And Shaykh says, he goes, this is, uh, it was also a, a, pre- a preventing them from connecting with their Lord. It was with such a very nice phrase, subhanAllah, because you know, um, this is something that we all feel. Actually, on a day-to-day basis, people who don't come to the masjid regularly, they come, then they feel something very different to when you know, they've not been there for a while. Uh, for example, uh, the morning, I always call it the morning blues. If you're in work, you know, the, the time between Fajr and Dhuhr, that's also a difficult time. When you get to Dhuhr, it's a nice time. Because the morning itself is like almost a preventer of connecting with your Lord. You know, it's work and it's busy. It's always busy, always customers. Then you get your break, your lunch break, and then you enjoy your dhuhr. I, when I was in retail, I used to always uh, certainly uh, feel that a lot. Um, and of course, you know, that's a, that's a major problem. Actually, if you look at the hadith, if you look at the hadith of al-Jum'ah, what the Prophet ﷺ said about the one who misses three Jum'ah, okay, if his heart, his heart becomes locked and closed and dead, okay, because actually the, the, it's gone, there's no connection anymore. And you know the Jum'ah, if you think about it, it is like the one opportunity that most, most piano paths get, yeah, to connect to a masjid or Muslims or whatever. And they probably don't even come to the masjid anywhere, any of the time during the week. You know, I'm talking about the majority of people, obviously the exception is the exception. And that is their one thing. And that goes back to what we've been saying so many times in this class about the fiqh of the khutbah, okay? A lot of people, they genuinely, genuinely have no idea how to give a khutbah, okay? And as a reminder to myself and to the students of knowledge here and to the people who are listening, that it's a disaster that people try to tell a story in a khutbah or that they try to explain a contemporary issue in the khutbah or they try to give uh, insight into current affairs of the khutbah. The khutbah is meant to be a reminder of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Prophet you know, the Prophet ﷺ once stood up on the member and he recited Surah Al-Qaf and that's it. That was not their prayer, it was the khutbah. Okay? And Qaf is its own drama. It's its own drama. It begins drama, middle drama, end drama. A person can be taken all over the show, yani, just listening to it, thinking about the story, the, this, the good time, the bad time, the reality, the creation, the this, the that. Yani, the point is to get them to hear the Qur'an. To get them to hear the Qur'an that's the very, very best of all khutab. Yeah, the sermon where a person just hears. And you know what? This is, and I always say, I, I say that the people who come to the khutbah are godless people. Okay? That doesn't mean, I don't mean that they themselves are godless. But that's the way you have to look at all the people who come to the khutbah. That they have not had God in their lives for seven days. You have to assume, you know that because you only see your regular people in the morning or in the evenings or a couple of times a week. So you know they've got a connection. But the mass majority that come, and I don't mean a masjid like this where there's a lot of working people, but your local masjid, when you see the local people only turn up, you know that these people are not getting their deen anywhere else except on this moment on Friday. That's why you understand the mentality of those khatibs who say, oh, this is the only chance I have, so I've got to teach them something. That's the pressure they put upon themselves, you see? They say that I've got to teach them something because they won't learn anything else. So this is like a defeatism which I dis- which disgusts me. I'm saying, I don't care. You know what? If that's their loss, if they don't know their tawheed, if they don't know their this, they don't know their that, that's their loss. We have lessons for that. We have books for that. We have this. The Jum'ah khutbah is not for one person or ten people. It's for every single person. It's for the scholars. It's for the muttaqeen. It's for the people of Qur'an. 
is for the, the scum of the earth, is for every single person to come and be reminded of the book of Allah. وَذَكِّرْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not say only one people, whatever. He says al-mu'mineen. That only the dhikra will benefit al-mu'mineen. As every person with some iman, when they hear Qur'an, they didn't even have to understand it. They think, subhanAllah, you know, what am I doing? You know, I, I haven't had enough of this all week. Uh, why did I not read it this morning? Why did I not read this last night? It can be reading Qur'an all night, but when you hear someone else recite it, say it, it has its own impact, it has its own effect. And so it's very, very important to have this kind of uh, 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 focus as the uh, khatib when you're giving that. I have absolutely no idea why I'm talking about the khutbah, okay? What on earth are we talking about? Where did we get to the khutbah? Oh my goodness me. Oh, subhanAllah. So if you understand this point, that the khatib is is just literally just touching that person's heart, not giving them a political analysis, not giving them some social commentary, but touching that person's heart. And that's his function. And that's what's achieved when he goes Jum'ah. Now you understand why the Prophet ﷺ said that if a person misses three Jum'ah, his heart is basically gone. Because he didn't get anything. And that's why it's important that the Prophet, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed there to be another way out when we lose water, so that we do have tayammum. Now, of course, the, the creation or the start of Tayammum, the ruling, the actual uh, uh, story behind Tayammum is its own drama. Okay, I don't know if you guys know the story about how Tayammum was legislated. It all came through Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. The Prophet was going on a journey. Some said it's a military journey, Ghazwa. Uh, which would make it even more interesting. Certainly the evidences indicate that because there was a lot of people with him. A lot, a big caravan, lots of people. So we should go on that assumption that this was a military expedition. And Aisha radiallahu anha, as was the way the women would, would, would uh, also attend, and certainly the wives of the Prophet sallallahu And Aisha radiallahu anha was with the Prophet sallallahu and she was wearing this nice necklace, okay, that the Prophet sallallahu had given her. And she lost it. She suddenly realized it's gone. Now, you know, the story in itself is just a crazy story as well. Because you've got this whole army which is on its way to whatever. Okay? And, you know, you lose your necklace. And you're thinking, you know what? There's no way I'm stopping the army. But, you know, she's like, you know what? I'm going to actually tell the Prophet And she does tell the Prophet And his reaction, of course, is exemplary as well. That he didn't say, what, who, this, that, you know, you, this... You guys said so many things. Imagine, you know, I, you know, when my missus says I've forgotten the thingy and I'm just down the road in the car, yeah, like you know, she's gonna hear about it for the next six hours, yeah. I don't care even if I turn around, yeah, I just have to go back. All I've got to do is just turn the key and go in, pick it up, whatever, huh? It's gonna, it's gonna be thing. Actually, forget even her, anyone, even myself. Dad, I, I was in Sweden. <laughs> this is funny. I was in Sweden. Sweden? Where was I? No, where, where was that the week before? Oh, yeah, it was uh, 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 London, London, uh, London, 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 not Sweden, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 London, and I was giving a lecture, but the lecture itself had a few points which I wasn't too kind of uh, uh, sure about, 
Yes, and has some quotes and things like that. And so I was reading it, reading it, and then I then you know the knock on the, 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 the phone rang and said, "Come downstairs, I'm we're ready." And so I put it there as I put my shoes on. I've forgotten the iPad there, so I got into the car, okay, and we haven't driven. I think not even more than ten meters, and I go, "Oh my god!" And then you know, driver goes, "What happened? You forgot something?" And I felt such a bestie, yeah. It's one driver, yeah, who's with me, who's willing to turn around uh, completely. I mean, no army, no 10 people, no 20 people. I felt so ashamed, yeah, that he's going to just remind me and say, that's so silly, how can you forget that? I said, no, 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 it's okay, nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went and I winged the entire lecture, yeah, and it basically just made up as I went along. Yeah, so I just, you know, this... Is that, is that like the time you forgot your driving license when we went to the car and took this? <laughs> or the time that, you know... This it, is it, why <laughs> we don't tell people, you see. This is why you don't tell people always taking advantage of yeah, So, uh, so anyway, I'm just saying that, you know, uh, I, I, it's not easy to go and say, oh, you know. And so she did. You know, she's a tough character, to be honest. I shout out a lot on her. She's a really tough character. And so she said, this is what's happened. Prophet said, okay, no problem. And they stopped and they started looking and looking and they looked for so long that the night has appeared. Okay, so number one, they can't find it. They're all looking for this necklace and they can't find it. They set up camp. And subhanAllah, the Prophet is so tired that she goes to sleep. He goes to sleep. And he goes to sleep lying as he normally would, you know, using the, the thigh of Aisha radiallahu anha as the pillow. So his, her, his head is here, lying like this, and she's sitting there in the tent. And um, uh, what's happened is that the people there are now really freaking out. Okay, they were all, there's so many people. They said, so you again, your family, this, that, whatever, you know, kind of, you know, we just lost the whole day, we're spending a night. And the worst part, of course, is that there was no water where they stopped. That's the whole point. They had no water with them. There was no water in the area either. And so they were genuinely very angry. And said, no, Bakr Sadiq really felt the heat. He really felt it. And so he went inside and he was very angry. And he got very angry at Aisha. And he even, yani, he gave her a little kind of, you know, on this side here, just on the, on the side, no, sorry, this side, this side, okay? And Aisha, in the narration, she says, it hurts so much, but because the, uh, the Messenger of Allah was here, I didn't want to kind of, you know, bit my tongue, I didn't say anything, whatever. And anyway, so, so the Prophet carries on sleeping, none the, none the wiser, okay? And she uh, hangs out, and Abu Bakr Siddiq goes away, and then when he wakes up, Sallallahu Alaihi in the morning and says, right, come on, let's make wudu. They said, there's no wudu here. There's no uh, water here. So that moment, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala sent down the ayah. If you don't find water, Okay, so then make tiyamum. If there is no water, Shrit Al-Ma'idah, verse 6, verse 6. If you don't find any water, if you don't find any water, if it is very important here, then go and make tayammum, this dry ablution, with this with clean earth. And of course, there's, uh, uh, the ayah goes on. And so the Prophet ﷺ has now told everyone, this is what you do. He demonstrated it to the people and they followed. And just so while everyone goes out to do that, they, they have to move the camel to, to, to uh, arrange this. And straight underneath the camel is the necklace. Right there. Right there. So they found the necklace... And they got bonus of tiyamum. And one of the companions, uh, he says to, to Sayyidina Bakr Siddiq, he goes, to be honest, this isn't the first time 
that we took yani, blessing from your family. Huh? Isn't the first time. We're always taking blessings from your family. Change of heart. Yani, yeah? So everyone is, what do they say? 2020 vision is a, is a great thing. No, hindsight, not 2020 vision. <laughs> 2020 vision is also a good thing as well. It's not, 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 not too bad a thing as well. Hindsight is a great, great thing. Uh, Usaid ibn Hudair, the, the name of the companion, he said, This is not the first barakah that came from you, O family of Abu Bakr. Nice yani, statement. That's narrated by Imam Bukhari and, uh, by, and in Muslim as well. Interestingly, in the book of menstruation. Um, okay, so that's the, that's the introduction to Tayammum. Okay, it's a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a great blessing. It allows us to maintain our connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that should be a reminder to us that genuinely, whatever your situation is, or you know, I I, I say, uh, there's a wider point here. I really want to tap into this wider point that Tayammum was given to us so that we do not lose touch with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, it's about our relationship with our acts of worship. I told you before that we do many, many acts of worship, but they're not acts of worship at all. And we talked about last few weeks, the act of washing ourselves. We, when we get there, we go into autopilot, we start to enjoy the hot water, we start to enjoy the shower gel, we start to enjoy the shampoo. We don't really think of it as an act of worship. Our minds are not thinking that I need to make a ghusl for Rafa al-Hadith, that this is for Janaba, this is for Jumu'ah, this is for Eid. Yani it's not thinking. And I told you it's a shart, a condition of a ghusl, that you have a, have a very clear niyyah, that I'm washing myself for this reason. And that makes it an act of worship. Then when you are then rubbing yourself, you're, you're doing this for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Likewise, every other moment that we are in our daily lives, we should always have some kind of connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And tayammum is one of those things because our acts of worship are those little kind of connectors, those little connectors. And that's why when I teach fiqh salah, which when I teach most of my classes, I, I keep saying this statement. Look to get people to pray. Whatever their condition... You know, when we, when, yeah, people like myself give da'wah, I come across many, many, many crazy people. You know, the kind of people that you're thinking, no, shut up, yeah. No, you know, I'm talking, no, I'm not talking the kind of people that you will probably all know, like non-wearing, non-hijab wearing, you know, maybe even zina performing, maybe even drinking, you know, Muslims who are friends, colleagues, neighbors, and who you kind of do da'wah to and you do your best, okay? And so I come across them and more because normally people bring me the kind of the, 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 the weird and the wonderful, you know, gay kind of uh, Muslims and this and that and whatever. And, uh, you know, all kinds of different kind of people with different problems. Everyone's got their own issues, people who are, you know, extreme people. And, and mo- the majority, of course, are those who are very far from the deen. All right? They're very far from the deen. Uh, something that our Mashaikh used to say to us is that these are all small steps and that you just want to get them and keep them in the game. That's, that's my phrase. Just got to keep them in the game. And the prayer keeps them in the game. Yep. Get them praying. And the prayer itself, Allah says that the prayer itself, it kind of staves away this, this explicit, yani, lewd behavior and evil. Meaning that the prayer itself comes with other things that will eventually make it Physically, forget even spiritually divine, miraculous. Forget the kind of the, the forget the kind of the the, the the extraordinary. I'm talking at the very real kind of level. The prayer physically makes haram difficult. The prayer physically makes 
Not impossible. Doesn't make it impossible. You can pray and do everything, right? But a person who prays has to overcome himself. Has to has to defeat that voice in his head that says you just prayed and now you're doing this. Which is a stronger voice than the voice that says you're going to the club and you didn't pray so it doesn't matter anyway. Right? To have a connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is essential. And I'm saying that for everyone to have in yourselves. But when you're giving da'wah to another person, just keep them in the game. Don't try to reach for the, you know, the, the target immediately. Right, let's try and solve the, the club issue, the gay issue, the hijab issue. Get them in the game. Get the connection going. And you know, that voice, that internal voice, is a very strong one. That internal voice is what brought us. Yani we can't really go and credit it to other people. They might show us a few things, but ultimately what keeps us going is our own internal voices. We know the strength of that internal voice. So that, that continuation, and if, you know, to look at tayammum in this light is very, is very helpful. Tayammum helps us in this matter. Okay, the first legal statement is a very important one that we need to study. It is legislated as a replacement for purification. A replacement for purification. Now you might say, that's okay, makes sense. Actually, there's a number of legal matters that hinge upon how to understand this statement. Okay? First of all, what does it mean that it's a replacement? It means, therefore, it's not the base principle. It's not the status quo. It's not the asl. Okay? And that's very important. And it's very clear to see why it's not the asl. The proof is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَلَمْ تَجِدُوا مَا if you do not find, if you do not find. So the water, of course, is therefore the principle. There can't be any uh, 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 doubt about that. But the benefit of saying it's a replacement is that therefore it's not possible to do tayammum if the original is still there. That's the benefit. It's not possible, permissible whatsoever, unless the exceptions that we're going to cover later on in this chapter, to make tayammum if water is present. Okay? Therefore, the meaning of this fact being that it's a replacement is that if you have just made tayammum for ghusl or you just made tayammum for wudu and there is water now, you have to now make wudu and you have to now make ghusl. Because the origin is there, the basic rule is there, you can't, you cannot now use the replacement. What is the evidence for this? Two evidences. Hadith number one, uh, evidence number one is Hadith Imran ibn Hussein, the long one of Al Ghusl that we covered last week and the week before, radiallahu anhu. And in it, he, the Prophet said to the one who had, uh, because this Hadith uh, of Imran ibn Hussein is about the one who became Junub. And there was no water to basically wash himself with. Okay? And so what was he told? Alayka bis Sa'id fa innahu yakfiq. Okay, make tayammum. Yani alayka bis Sa'id, go and find some dust, it will be sufficient for you. I.e., go and make tayammum. Walamma ja al ma, and then water then became available for that person. And the Prophet then said to him, Khudhada wa afrihu alayk. We covered this last week. Take this water, pour it over yourself. So he had been told to make tayammum. He's now made tayammum. The water comes. The Prophet ﷺ said, now take this water and wash yourself. So once the water comes, the tayammum is invalidated. Okay? Invalidated. Um, 
And the second evidence is a very interesting hadith. It's not the most authentic. I'm going to go through the chain with you. Okay? And this is the statement of the Prophet ﷺ when he said, الصعيد الطيب وضوء المسلم وإن لم يجد الماء عشر سنين فإذا وجد الماء فليتق الله وليمس وليمسه بشرته فإن ذلك خير. The hadith can be translated as that pure earth is the ablution of the Muslim. Even if he does not find water for 10 years. Okay? Even if he does not find water for 10 years, it is the wudu of the Muslim. But if he finds water, but when he finds water, then let him fear Allah and wash his skin, wash himself with it. Linguistically, let it touch his skin. Okay? But it basically means let him wash himself with it. Because that is better. Okay? You could translate that as that, that is good. But my translation is that that is better. You know the word khair? You all know khair. Isn't it say khair, khair? You know, that's okay, it's okay, it's good. But khair also is ism tafdeel as well. In the Arabic language, khair means something which is better. Hada khairun wa abaqa, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, isn't it? This is better for you and more lasting. Okay, talking about al-jannah. Okay, so khair here means it is better. This hadith has been narrated in this wording by al-Bazar. Okay, on the authority of Abu Huraira. Um, Al-Haythami, he said that its men are uh, the men of the Sahih. Rijanuhu, Rijal al-Sahih. Meaning that all of its narrators are to be found in the, uh, uh, by used by Imam al-Bukhari. So you know that this is like a kind of a praise. Okay. Uh, Ibn al-Qattan, he said that the chain is authentic. Imam al-Darqutni, however, he said that the correct position is that this is actually a Mursal Hadith on the authority of Ibn Sirin. What's a Mursal Hadith? What's Mursal Hadith? Nope. Tabi doing what? No, a bit more. He didn't want, sorry? So therefore he does what? Correct, okay. So, a mursal narration is a hadith statement of the Prophet ﷺ, but the tabi'i does not mention actually the companion that he heard it from. So, this is mursal, which is a form of weak hadith. Every mursal is a form of weak hadith, according to the majority of the scholars. Hadith has been narrated by Imam Ahmed, by Abu Dawood, by a tirmidhi in slightly different wording. And a number of them, of the scholars, they consider this hadith to be authentic. A number of them. Um, and it's been narrated by Abu Dhar as well. In Matirmidi, Ibn Hibban, and Nawawi, they considered the, the narration of Abu Dhar to be authentic. I think this hadith is okay. Now, listen to this. Okay? That's fine. We now know that the, uh, 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 these two evidences show that if the water is present, then the uh, uh, the turab cannot now do any impact, can't do anything, has to be replaced by water. The next key question This dirt, this dust, this earth, what actually is it? Does it A lift 
the state of 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 ritual impurity. Rafi'un lil hadith. Remember, hadith is the ritual impurity that we're in. We do wudu suddenly and we're clean. Yes? Alright? We're pure again. So does it lift the state of hadith or B, is it mubihun lima tajibu lahu at tahara? Or is it something which makes certain acts permissible? Those acts, by the way, that require purification. Did you understand the difference? Did you understand the difference? Okay, let's start again. Alright? The first one, it, I'm ritually impure. Okay, I've just woken up from long sleep. I am ritually impure. I need to make wudu. I'm in a state of hadith. Would you all agree? If I make wudu, I can do everything. Would you agree? So the tayammum in position A, it is rafi'un lil hadith. It will lift my ritual state of impurity and I can do whatever I want to do now as per normal. In the second opinion, it is mubihun lima tajbu lahu tahara It is that which allows the, the, the doing of an action which requires wudu. So for example, it would be done for the prayer. Because the prayer itself requires wudu. But it wouldn't do anything else. It permits me to pray the prayer. Likewise, if it would, uh, and this is what is going to now follow in terms of its examples, if it was mubihun lima tajibulahu tahara if it was allowing me to do a nafal prayer, it would mean I wouldn't be able to pray an obligatory prayer with it because it is only allowing that act. Now these two are very different opinions in the madhahib. They differed on what actual the tayammum does. Alright? Of course, which one's the more comprehensive? The first one. Because once you lift the state of ritual impurity, you're open to do everything and anything. Now let's look at what the scholars said about it. So, so some of the ulama, they said it is rafi'un lil hadith. And the others, they said, no, it is mubihun lima tajibulahu tahara. And what is the correct position, Shaykh Uthameen says? He says, al-qawl al-awwal. He goes, the first position is the correct one, which is that it actually lifts the state of impurity, just like water does. It replaces water perfectly. It replaces water perfectly, just like water would allow you to do everything. Then this dust also allows you to do everything. What is the evidence? Number one, he says, the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he mentioned at Yamum, he said, مَا يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ لِيَجَعَلَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِنْ حَرَجْ وَلَكِنْ يُرِيدُ لِيُطَّهِرَكُمْ Okay? Allah says in Surah Al-Ma'adah, the same verse, straight after the verse, straight after where he says, and if you don't find water, then if you don't find water, then make tayammum with this sa'id, this nice earth, okay? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not want to put upon you any difficulty. He just wants to purify you, okay? He wants to purify you. So this word is very clear, that this dust actually purifies you. It doesn't make an act permissible. It actually purifies you. Remember again, again I've said this now a hundred times in these three years, and I'll keep saying it again until we're very clear in our, hand, in our, in our minds. Wudu doesn't physically clean anybody, ghusl doesn't physically clean anybody, and dust definitely doesn't clean anybody. Do you understand? Get your mind away from physical cleansing. This is all about spiritual impurity. Your wudu, when you do it very quickly, it takes off your spiritual impurity. It doesn't you involve soap. 
your hands could still be all dirty and full of mud, whatever, but your wudu is completely fine. As long as the water touches everything, it doesn't need to be clean water. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yes? It doesn't need to be, I mean, when I say clean water, it could be muddy, pure water. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say. Anyway, so the, the, the dust itself is pure, purifying the uh, uh, spiritual state. The second evidence, The earth has been made for me, a place of prostration, and a purifier for me. And at tahur bil fath ma yutatahharu bihi. When you say tahur bil fatha, you know, uh, zabar, yes, okay, then it, that means that which you purify yourself with. And then number three, وَلِأَنَّهُ بَدْلٌ بَدْلٌ عَنْ تَحَارْفِ الْمَاءِ And the قَاعِدَ أَشْرَعِيَّةَ أَنَّ الْبَدَلَ لَهُ الْحُكْمُ الْمُبْدَلِ فَكَمَا أَنَّ الْتَحَارْفِ الْمَاءِ تُرْفَعُ الْحَدَثِ فَكَذَلِكَ تَحَارْفُ تَيَمَّمُ He goes, finally, it's very simple, water is replacing earth. And what does water do? It, rep- it lifts the state of impurity. And the Qa'id al-Shari'iyah is that the replacement must do that which it replaces. Therefore, it lifts the state of impurity. Water doesn't allow you to do actions. It actually lifts it. So then Shaykh Uthameen says, okay, now that we've proven that the first position is right, what's the benefit of this discussion? Why did we need to make this differentiation? He goes, here's the reasons why. Number one. If we said that it is that which is to make something permissible, then it would mean that it's not permissible then to, you, to do an act higher than that or more than that. So for example, he said that if you made tayammum for the sunnah prayer, you'd have to then make another one for the obligatory prayer because it is only allowing you to do single acts single acts if we said innahu rafi'un if we said however that it lifts the state of ritual impurity then khalas you can pray the nafil you can now pray the fard you can now do the x now you can do the y whatever scenario 2 or b if we said it is mubihun, if it makes permissible certain acts, then if the time goes, the time limit, then your tayammum is finished. So for example, if you said that this is for a certain act in this time, yeah, and he gives the scenario. He goes, if a person made tayammum for Salat al-Zuhr, and then the time ran out, and now Asr now has entered, he now needs to pray Zuhr. He'd have to make tayammum again, because the tayammum that he made for Zuhr was for Zuhr in its time, as an act of darura, And he would have to make tayammum again in the Asr time, just to pray Zuhr. Then he'd have to pray, make it again, to then pray Asr. This is the problems you get to if you consider it to be Mubih and not, you know, Rafi' uh, al-Hadith. And as you said, if you do Rafi' al-Hadith, like we know, then there's no issue. And finally, he goes, um, uh, uh, He basically said that um, if you do not 
make, if you believe it to be something which makes permissible things only, then you have to make the intention for that act. If you did not make the individual intention, then it hasn't even allowed you even to do that act. Whereas if you only do it for the lifting of the state of ritual impurity, you're covered against all acts without any kind of problem. Now what the Sheikh says is something very, very interesting. He goes, He goes, you know our author, when he said it replaces water, yes, it is replacing purification by water, what seems to be, what he's trying to suggest is that it replaces water in everything. So what is water used for? I mean in terms of purification. What is water used for? Number one, wudu. Yes? That's fine. We're happy with that. Number two, ghusl. Fine? We're happy with that. What about... So this is hadith. These are two hadith. What about najasa? We have to... We said we have to use water to get... Like, like istinja, for example. Okay? Or like you have some najasa on your hand. Yes? We've said before it has to be removed by water. So therefore, taking this linguistically, what is this suggesting? This is suggesting that, what? You could actually get rid of najasa from your hand using the dust. Okay? And that is what the Hanbalis are suggesting. Look at this. Okay? There is the area about to pray, the clothes that have got najasa on, your skin that has got najasa on, are they trying to say that the water, that, that a turab replaces water in all of these as well? If this is the case, this would be a big problem. Sheikh Uthameen says, this is clearly not what the author intended. So don't you understand by this anything like that either. It is only for lifting the state of al-hadith. However, okay, he does say though, however, however, in the Hanbali Madhab, and this is the official Mu'atamad Hanbali position, you can actually use or should actually use tayammum to clean the body from najasa. Not the floor or not the clothes, but the actual badan, the, the body itself. So if the body itself had actual some dirt on it, tayammum would cover for the dirt that you can't get rid of it yourself. So let me just give you an example. You've, you've got, I don't know, filth on you. And you tried everything to get rid of it, but you can't. And it's still there. And so their basic, what they're saying is you would make tayammum and you would pray with the najasa on your, your skin. And this tayammum is purifying, the act of the tayammum is purifying the so-called najasa on your skin. That's basically what they're saying. The humbly madhab. Okay. Okay. Okay, so what he basically says is this. He says that according to the Hanbali school, you will use tayammum to lift the state of minor and major ritual impurity, 
and if there was impurity upon the body as well. But you wouldn't use the yamum to purify your clothes and to purify the floor. The correct position though is, is that as Sheikh Uthameen says it's the position of this class, that the tayammum only lifts the state of the ritual impurity, nothing else. Why? Number one, because the nos has only referred to a tayammum to be used in this manner. All of our evidences from the Quran and Sunnah only indicate that it's to be used to lift a ritual state of impurity. And number two, he says, he says that the uh, that to to pure, pure, uh, purify ourselves from hadith is an act of worship and it's well well yani defined and established. We can't just kind of make it up as we go along. And water is something which physically takes away the dirt. So how is it possible that you would actually make tayammum and the dirt is physically still there? Dirt is not a ritual uh, state, it's a physical state. The tayammum cannot physically help you. He goes, if you had some gand or any dirt or any najasa upon your skin, then you have to wash it off with water. If you don't have water, then you pray as you are with the najasa upon your hands and you do not make tayammum. This is nice what he says here. You do not make tayammum because the tayammum cannot affect this physical najasa in any way. It cannot affect it because the najasa is still on your hand. Did you understand the point that he's making? Okay. Um, so that being that, okay, we can now just talk, and I want to. I want to definitely cover these first few because it's important to understand that number one, that this is that tayammum is legislated for us when, when number one, the time for something obligatory has attended, in, uh, entered, and number two, something supererogatory becomes permitted. Both of these two positions, okay, are only relevant if what? Who can explain to me something interesting about, about, about these two? Yep. Excellent. It is irrelevant to us because they're only relevant if you consider that the tayammum is mubihun lima tajibulahu al-tahara. If you consider that tayammum makes things permissible, Okay, it's not a lifter of a state of impurity. If you hold it to be a, the to make things permissible, then these two conditions are then needed. Number one, it has to be for the obligatory time, and that has to have entered because it's for a darura. And number two, that the actual uh, sunnah thing that you want to do has to be permitted. Has to be permitted. So the example there would be salah in a prohibited time. You know. So, for example, it has to be in a time where it is a permissible time, like after Maghrib, for example, as opposed to before Maghrib, after Asr, which is a prohibited time, okay, in general. So, um, uh, I, I, I don't want to go into this now, because this is a different chapter, it's a chapter of Salah, but I want to say to you that, as Sheikh Uthameen himself says, this is irrelevant for us, because we do not consider tayammum to be mubihun, we consider it to be rafi'un al-hadith, because... It lifts the state of ritual impurity. It does not matter one and two. What Sheikh Uthameen basically says is that once you've made tayammum, you do not need to wait for the time for something obligatory. You do not. Because I've made tayammum, there's no water, and I will do everything that I need to do with my tayammum. Because I'm in a state of wudu. I'm in a state of wudu. 
I don't need to wait for things to become permissible. I don't need to wait for sunnah. I don't need to wait for obligatory times. I don't need to wait for entry, for exit of any sort whatsoever. Is that clear, everybody? Yes. Because if you think about what a mubih is, what, what in essence, what is a mubih? Exactly, which is a darura. A mubih is by definition allowing you to do something which is haram. And you can only do something which is haram in a darura. And the qaida shari'iyya with darura is that only the minimum is allowed in order to get the minimum done. This is a principle that applies across the sharia. So whether it would be starving and eating pork, whether it would be, according to the majority of scholars, uh, making wudu for al-istihada, you know, or the one who is irregular bleeding and they're only allowed to do it for a prayer time, then they have to do it again and again, and so many other different things. Yep. Okay, so the question is for those who didn't hear, is that if we therefore do then take it as a rafi on al hadith, that it lifts the state of ritual impurity, then why does why is it then that when water is present it loses its power? Yes? And the reason for that is because uh, well the first thing is is that there's no contradiction between the two. It is replacing water. It has the full power of water when it comes to lifting the state of impurity. The fact that when water is present, it loses its status is not a reflection of whether it is Rafi'un al-Hadath or Mubih. It's the fact that it is a replacement factor only. It's not connected to the argument of Mubih or Rafi'un al-Hadath. Yes, but if the person did, uh, had to make the Yes. But they made Yes. Uh, and then... So a person has water, needs to make wudu, and so therefore he makes the Yemmu. He hasn't broken the wudu, and he hasn't broke. He hasn't gone to the toilet. How is it possible that suddenly his state of tahara has suddenly gone when he didn't break it just because the water has come? Now, the question you ask is coming in about three or four weeks' time. Okay, it's a, a, a much further down, and it's a very important one, and it's one of the famous issues that the uh, the salaf differed over. Not, not even the imams. Actually, the imams before them differed over this. But, this, but I, I just want you to know, this does not affect the discussion of whether it is Rafi'un al-Hadith or not. Because whatever happens, the issue of whether the water appearing breaks your wudu or not is an exceptional state anyway. It's a mustathna. It is something which is separate. It doesn't change the discussion of whether it's Mubih or Rafi'un al-Hadith. It's a different debate and a very important one. It's a, 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 the problem, of course, is this hadith. The Prophet وسلم, and that's hadith Bukhari, a hadith Imran ibn Hussein. When the water came, he told him to uh, pour, take this water, pour it over yourself. It's a direct proof. However, as we're going to discuss this, a number of the salaf said that there's no evidence that, this per, that a person, unless they've not broken their wudu, that he can continue. Some of our own teachers, of course, are of that opinion as well. Now, Sheikh. Now, Fadl.
Include these two points. Um, Sheikh Al Uthameen he says, "Wassawab anhu rafi'un, fmatha tayyama fi ayi waktin sahha wa qad sabaqa biyanhu." Basically and simply, the correct position is that tayyamum lifts the state of ritual impurity completely. So whenever he makes tayyamum in any single time of the day, it is correct, it is authentic, it is not invalidated. It is not restricted and every act of ibadah can be done using it until he himself breaks his wudu, goes to the toilet for example, etc. Then he can make tiyammum again. And then we'll start with the rest of the conditions, inshallah, uh, next week, bithnillah. Let's take some questions online and then here as well. A reminder again, okay, to the brothers here and then the people online as well. As I said at the beginning of the lesson, I am going to, inshallah, get the team to send out an email that we're going to discuss shall we A A organize for the rest of purification and the chapter of menstruation to be prepared into a single day intensive that will basically allow us all to then start year four with salah, which will be just awesome, as I said. Yeah. Or uh, and it would be not a course course, it would be based upon our way, our study, our points. We don't miss a single point that Sheikh Uthameen mentions. Or we say no, that's what everyone else is doing, that's what everyone else does. We want to stick to the LP way and it would then, as I said, I am pretty positive that it will take all of next year to do the Book of Menstruation. 
I'm pretty positive. Yep, it will. When I say that I would make it into a day course, I'd have to obviously cut out a lot. And remember, it's, it's very different. You know when you're teaching in a day, you don't have the problem of going over things like you do when you teach over a week. You're just always not sure about what you said, what they remember, blah, blah, blah. It's a whole different experience. And it would be cut down. It would be, when I say cut down, I do not consider it to be significantly cut down. Okay, so I'd like the people on the thingy to kind of say, uh, course or no, I don't know, write something anyway. And uh, we'll, just, a, just a quick strawman's kind of... Uh, yeah, yeah. So if you ask people to, to make a decision, you need to let people know what they're going to lose by doing the day course versus doing the day. Yeah. I mean, my aim would be that they wouldn't lose anything of any note. I don't know. It's a bit difficult, to be honest. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Even I'm, even I'm thinking I'm a fool for even suggesting it because that's going to be one mission of a you know week probably taken out of holidays. Anyway, who's down for the idea? Put your hand up to do it. Who would prefer that it remains a pot according to the system? Okay. All right. Good. So online, let's have that vote as well, and then we'll have something. Yes, Just um, the. Um Okay, and this email which will come up, it will not only have the survey for this uh, uh, kind of, you know, this question, but it also, there's a practice quiz, okay, nothing, um, uh, you know, what's the word, nothing gained, nothing lost, nothing harmed, whatever they say, just go and do it, uh, using the exam system, it's nice, just see how you're doing, so far with some of the earlier chapters of Vodou, okay, it's not the most recent, it's the ones that we did earlier on in the year, so just go to your exam section, and take it and see what kind of mark you get. Let's please make sure that we do that. Everyone online, everyone here as well. You should have accounts. If you don't, make sure you do register if you're here. Online, of course, you guys know about that already. And an email will be coming out. Let's make sure that everyone has a little vote. Any uh, urgent questions here? Can you repeat the class position on, uh, on why does the imam not lift the energies for us? Can I repeat the class can, position? The class Why position? The does not lift the nudges or the <coughs> right, right. The I think the person is saying, that why does it not remove a nudge state? Uh, answer, common sense. The, that, the, the, first of all, the evidence is clear from the Quran Sunnah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only ever used tayammum to lift the ritual state of impurity, i.e. Yani hadith. All right. Never is there any evidence to show that it lifted a physical state. <laughs> Secondly, common sense just shows that. If you have some feces upon you, the only thing which is going to clean that is to get rid of the feces. It is not that just to do tiyamum, it will not affect the physical area. So we do not believe that it can actually physically clean. Therefore, it has no function in physically cleaning. Wallahu ta'ala a'lam. So what about doing a two-day course and not losing anything? <laughs> some pack probably said that some sister probably no, who's just sitting there at home yeah okay thinking yeah because I could do I think, I think some of these people want to carry on as normal by the way really yeah <laughs> they're hardcore I told you you never believed me did I whenever I go whenever I go to any city they're all the same take a hundred years and just go slow ya sheikh ya What's going on? They've got all the time in the world, Yanni. I don't know. Okay, maybe we'd consider two days, Yanni. This is good. The idea of not starting Salah next year is me dizzy like this.
But you know, women obviously they're looking for their self interest, isn't it? They're thinking, what? Tiemum, yeah? Mm. Done in the thingy. Yeah, when I laugh, I don't tiemum, I'm sorry. Menstruation. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, that sexist guy, yeah? He does everything all proper, but when it comes to our issue, yeah? He just does it in a day like that, huh? Maybe, Allah, maybe it's my internal misogynism coming through, huh? Unconscious. Alright, Allah, what time is that? Are we praying to Allah or not? Yes, yes, yes. You want to pray? Yes, yes. Today? <laughs> not tomorrow. Okay. Jazakumullah khair, subhanakallah, alhamdulillah, subh